0: a special edition of Wizard of Whiskey. Uh, I am here at Spirit Works Distillery in Sebastopol, uh, California. Uh, I am with uh, the group here uh, at the distillery, and it's a lot of fun. It's a really cool place, so we're going to taste through, and uh, how is everyone doing today?
1: We're doing great. Great. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Um, We'll start with Timo. Um, Give us a quick intro on, uh, on yourself.
1: Hi. I'm Timo. I've met a couple of times along the way. I'm one, of the, I'm one of the owners and founders of Spiritworks Distillery along with my wife, Ashby, who isn't here today. She'd love to be here. She says hello, hi, uh, from a distance. Um, we, um, we built this distillery in 2012. We started distilling in 2013. We originally had built it as a, uh, it was a gin house. We knew it was gonna be a gin house for a while, for a good couple of years. We knew we were gonna make whiskey along the way. Um, as well but we knew that wouldn't come out for a good couple of years until it had aged appropriately uh, i know you've tasted it before but i plan on tasting you through the process again while we're here um i don't really know how much more you want to know about that now about the story now uh well let's uh, well. let's uh continue uh jess
2: so, um, my name is Jessica Shoemaker. I am the marketing manager here at Spirit Works Distillery. Joined the team almost two years ago. Unbelievable. I know, can you believe it's been that long?
1: Uh, feels like a century. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's flown by. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I've been in the spirits world for um, for quite a few years, but when the opportunity to join a team like Spirit Works, where everything is done in-house and just, and so hands-on and, and such a passionate, small team, um, you know, to have that opportunity to really start on the ground level and, and grow with the distillery was a, just an opportunity I couldn't pass up, so.
0: And, uh, of course, you all know me, uh, your host, uh, Eric. Uh, I'm here with uh, Eric Zandona of the American Distilling Institute. Uh, he's decided to join us here today. Okay. Hi. Uh, yeah, so I'm Eric with uh, ADI. I'm the Director of Spirits Information. You know, fancy title. I like it. Ooh, yeah, okay. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, so
1: um excited to be here. Big fan of Spirit Works and what they do, so looking forward to tasting their whiskeys. Perfect. Now,
0: does the dog need an intro?
1: Yeah, this is Bandit. She's freaking out at the moment because I'm just... She went for a walk the other day. I found a tick on her. It's mm-hmm. tick right. season. Yeah. Um, this is Bandit. She's a little Boston Terrier. She is... How old are you, Bandit? Seven that she's getting little grey whiskers, um, She's she'll lick you to death, i her a chance to see, point, uh, case in point, and um, she's kind of like the little distillery mascot in a way, I mean we were talking about it earlier, but a lot of distilleries do, ha- oh she doesn't want to hang out with us anymore either. I feel like that. She'll be back. Uh, a lot of distilleries have mascots in some way or another. Um, when we were first looking at the design of the label for the bottle, we thought maybe we could put Bandit. Bandit's a big part of our lives, as me myself. We got her when she was a puppy before the whole dream for the distillery. I mean, the dream was there, but before we started the process, and so she's been here throughout. I've got pictures of her walking around this space when uh, it was being built, and we had to build like a we had to create a little pen for her so she wouldn't get <laughs> in the way of the um, Forklifts and things as they were putting, uh, I think, putting the space together. So, um, but we couldn't put it on the label. There's a couple of other uh, spirits labels out there that have Boston Terriers on them, surprisingly. And so we didn't want to go down that road. Um, and there's, uh, there, are, there is a, an alcohol uh, label out there called Bandit, and so even that started creating its own issues.
2: Mm. Still a huge part of the team. She's our yeah. little mascot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's here every day. <laughs> Fantastic. Hard worker. I hope she's all over Tets. Um, she thinks she kind of w- thinks she's a guard dog, but she's more of an early warning system <laughs> than anything else. She's good at bucking at things. <laughs> <laughs> bucking at cats.
2: And, and then things. she's really excited to see. Yeah, where, every time we give wives. a tour
1: or something, <laughs> she'll run down and just lick Greet everybody. Yeah. She's good. Excellent, excellent. Um, Well, tell us a little bit about why
0: you decided to uh, open a distillery.
1: Wow, that's... I I joke all the time that I ask myself that every day when (laughs) I walk in, but really I kind of do. It's like... uh, It's obviously not for financial reasons, because very few distilleries actually make any money, (laughs) Um, and people kind of forget that when they come into the (laughs) industry. Um... I don't know. We uh, Ashley and I always wanted to come and live up here in Sonoma County, in West County, Sonoma. Uh, we love it up here. We always wanted to come and hang out. And so we thought, originally we thought, let's move up there and buy a little plot of land and make the land work f- for us kind of thing. And so let's grow something unique and niche. And we thought, let's grow some botanicals, because we're obsessed with gin. Mm-hmm. And let's hook up with a local distillery and they can make gin with our botanicals and that was the, kind of like the idea going down that road and then um and my family has made just in-house but my family's made slow gin for generations and so i mean i've been making slow gin since i was a teenager so i'm obsessed with that side of uh production process as well and that didn't involve distillation although that was part of I had an understanding of distillation when we first started looking at this process. And then, when we started looking at local distilleries and asking them about this, and in those days, they actually replied to the phone calls, Mm. which was nice. Um, Mm -hmm. But none of them would really tell us how they made their gin. And that was really hard for me. I was like, I don't understand how to move forward if you're not telling... I don't want to know your recipe. You don't have to tell me... Mm -hmm. In pounds and liters, or, or whatever, whatever you guys use. I okay, hear gallons. <laughs> what, um, uh, you don't have to tell me exactly what you do, but I need to know the process. I need to know: Are you actually making your own base? Are you? Um, is it a distilled gin? Is it a compound gin? Is it just infused? Like what? How are you making your gin? Um, and and the more I looked around, I was I realized how. Um, easy it is to you can look at a bottle and the, and the label and it doesn't there are some pointers on the label as to what is happening at the space and at the distillery and where that uh, where the spirit inside that bottle comes from but, um, but it's not very, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there and so we thought well why don't we in addition to our land why don't we just add um, a small still and Make our own very limited runs of gin, and then maybe we could grow some slows, slow berries. It's the blackthorn bush. Uh, maybe we could grow some slows and then make our own sloe gin as well. And so that was the birth of the idea of the distillery. As time progressed, of course, um, we both realised that we did like the idea of farming is great in your head, but the reality of farming is like I have so much respect. For anyone that walks the land because it is just that is just you have to have that in your blood, do you know what I mean? You have to, from when you're a kid, you have to wake up and walk around with no shoes on in the dirt and understand what's going on around you. And I just don't, I, I think it, I could learn it, but it would take me a long time, kind of thing. So we just started focusing on the distillery, and Spirit Works is the end result of that. Um, we spent a lot of time, we went back to school, we learned. Every single course that we could find, except for the Harriet Watt mm-hmm. um, uh, degree that they have out there in Scotland on distilling, every single other course that we could find to do with distillation, we did. <laughs> this is like I don't know, about eight years ago. It was ridiculous, like it's a long time ago, and um, there wasn't very much around at the time. And we would go and hang out at any distillery that would let us hang out there for. Uh, for as long as they would before we got annoying and we asked everyone questions and some people answered them back in those days as well and that's kind of how we learn the process. I mean dis- distillation is a uh, apprentice based uh, process really as far as I can work out which is why we make sure that we always have an apprentice distiller in the space because we feel that it's important for that opportunity to exist mm-hmm. and to grow within the realm of of the industry that um, that someone can actually come in and have that position. So we will always have an apprentice distiller position here at the distillery. It's really important for that to grow and to progress. But it takes it takes a long time. You can you can be you can learn distillation and the process of it and the science behind it relatively quickly. You can learn how to distill physically throwing valves at the distill again pretty quickly as well but to be a good distiller or to be a master distiller takes time and a lot of it has to do with intuition as well a lot of it you just either you have it or it's going to take you a lifetime to master so we're very lucky I'm fairly scientific and logical in my way of thinking and Ashby um, is very intuitive in how she runs the still in fact I make all the systems and she ignores them so so <laughs> So we compliment each other really well in this place, and uh, it's also why she's ended up being our head distiller, and why I sit up here in the office and look at the books. <laughs> That's kind app- of the story, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's, I mean, it's hard because it, also we didn't want to build a distillery of this size. We wanted a really small space, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, it feels small now that we've been here three three years, four years, or whatever, but this is a relatively large operation uh, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, for a craft distillery, and so, um, but we hadn't planned it to be of this scale at all, but when we uh, first went out and were looking for business partners and investors in this project, The feedback that we got was that it was never gonna work financially for the risk involved for a small operation. It had to be bigger. It had to go big or go home kind of thing. And so, okay, we went from a 2,000 square foot plant to we're in an 8,000 square foot space now. So that's kind of how it happened.
2: Almost had product uh, in market for three years now. I think next month is the three year mark.
1: Next month we are three year point, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's been good. We've been, we've done uh, we've done really well. Been uh, really well accepted in market. The bottle is itself and the design itself is pretty iconic in mm-hmm. in, uh, in its own way. We're really lucky with uh, the people that we worked with in order to come up with the design and the logo of Spirit Works and the logo of the brand. A, B, Ashby, and her production team just do incredible things at the still, and so the product that's in the bottle is uh, is just amazing and backs up the look of look and the brand of the bottle itself. And then within market, we've just been really lucky. We seem to have, um, we seem to have struck a chord with people, and, and uh, we're um, we're doing really well out there. So. Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been a good ride so far. Mm-hmm. Everyone always says, "Have you been having fun?" No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I mean, every now and again, there's peppered moments, but um, it's really hard work. Oh my god! Like if someone came to me now so I'm, and this, actually this happens, I'm thinking of starting a distillery. I. I'm excited for them. I'm really excited for them. But I'm also like, oh my God. (laughs) This is like, like this is the end. The moment you sign that first check, our first check was to an attorney, if that gives you an idea of what what this business is about. Literally, the first money we paid out to anyone was to a lawyer. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited for them. But also, the... uh, idealism of starting a distillery is all about the product, like the romanticism about it. You're like, I'm going to work with this incredible piece of equipment. Stills are just beautiful. They are stunning pieces of equipment. They're easy to understand and to work with. They speak to you in so many different ways. You have to, it's like getting to know an old car or something. You have to like get to know exactly how they want to work in their own way. And every single still is Different, in like you could build exactly the same as, as the still that we have here, and it would still be producing a slightly different product. Every still is different in some way, and individual in that way. And um, so it's just a, it's just a really beautiful industry to get into from the from that side of things. And that's all you think about is I'm going to be making amazing spirits. I'm going to be really getting into it, getting into that side of thing. And you imagine all these whiskey sitting around drinking. Whiskies <laughs> and really nice gin martinis and things out on the deck. But the reality of running a distillery is about sales, actually. It's like the majority of the reality of running a distillery. Because if you don't sell, you don't get to make your gin martinis.
0: It's, uh, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. What do you say we, we taste through? And then we can talk about each spirit as we taste right. it. So I'm
2: going to start you off with the, uh, our straight wheat whiskey. Okay.
1: Go. Perfect. So um, two types of whiskey that we wanted to make off the bat. Um, a straight rye and a straight wheat. Um, all our gins and our, I mean, we do everything here from grain to glass. So when we make our gin... We make a base for it, which is our vodka as well. And we make that from red winter wheat. It's organic red winter wheat out of Sacramento area. and So we wanted to make a whiskey, of course, we just went down the road of using the wheat that we have on hand to make it as well. So it's a 100% wheat. Okay. So we, um, looks like they've finished milling out there. Great. Quiet them down a bit. Yeah. Because you're using right, an enzyme
0: process to break down the, the sugars in the, or the starch in the wheat, right? Rather yeah, than that's than right. Using a barley rather than adding barley. Yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we add barley to the rye, but even that we help, help it along mm-hmm. as, with, the, with enzymes as an enzymatic process. Are
2: you using malted rye or are you just
1: like... We're using malted rye and malted barley in the rye. Yeah. Yeah, but as we say in the wheat, is just 100% raw wheat. So, um, we spent a bit of time, one of our mentors is um, the, who taught us a lot about distillation back in the day is Don Poffenroth up in uh, Dry Fly Distilling in Spokane, mm-hmm. up in Washington, and they make a wheat whiskey, and uh, we were very excited. I was It was like one of my first introductions to interesting and different whiskeys in the U.S. American style whiskeys and so it was something I when I, you know when we started working with wheat down here I knew that we were going to be making wheat whiskey. I often say that it's a West Coast style that is like the historically wheat whiskeys from the West Coast. I have no factual basis to <laughs> to back that up with um it's purely it's purely from just from talking to people they're like yeah that kind of makes sense and the reason is of course you made whiskey from whatever was growing around you at the time and so the things that grew best out here on the west coast were corn and wheat but wheat mainly like everyone grew wheat out here um as various various different species of wheat but wheat nonetheless and so i'm guessing that therefore that any whiskeys that were made out here back in the day will have used a lot of wheat in their process, so that's why I say it's a west coast style. But I have no, this, uh, <laughs> it's an no, interesting question. I have nothing <laughs> to back it up. Story. I've tried, I yeah. try to find out because I've spoken yeah. to several people about it, and everyone's like, Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but there's no historical data to back that up, mm-hmm. um, just as rye rye whiskeys are like midwest and slightly north you know mm-hmm. that kind of area and then, yeah exactly
0: yeah if you're a uh, an agricultural anthropologist go ahead and shoot me an email <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get Timo an answer
1: yeah, I'd be really interested but our wheat is very well re- the wheat whiskey is very well received um, out in market between the wheat and the rye right, is 50-50 uh, how they sell out in market and um, and when people taste uh, product here as well um, you know, a tasting room when people compare the two side by side it's about a 50-50 split which people prefer mm-hmm. um, and, um, and it totally depends on the palate you know, the, this wheat, wheat I often think, when I think of grains going into spirits, I often think of the bread that they make that's mm-hmm. kind of how yeah. it, it works for me um, in my head, bakeries and you know that kind of smell and the feel to them and everything so wheat of course is it's childhood white bread kind of thing you know and um and nowadays it's whole wheat bread i mean it's just very very homely very comforting mm-hmm. very approachable it's like comfort food kind of thing and this whiskey is just to me it's just like that it's very approachable mm-hmm. it's very easy to drink
2: mm-hmm. and um, timo and ashby knew that they wanted to do straight whiskies so by definition had to be in barrel a minimum of two years right. um and we're using full-size 53-gallon char
1: four barrels mm-hmm. um what do you so think of it you have to say nice things now because <laughs> you're in my house <laughs> right yeah it's absolute no it's really nice
0: um <clears throat> i do i i enjoy um uh, wheat um whiskeys um and in fact i one of the first that we came across in chicago many years ago was was um a fly mm-hmm. and uh you don't you don't see a lot of them um you do see, you know, wheat thrown in occasionally. They'll throw in some winter wheat, like in Maker's Mark, or yeah. mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll use it to help ease the sweetness of corn and kind of add more, more earth. Um, I like it. It reminds me of, um, like you said, kind of a whole wheat bread um, with with some pretty exceptional um, light caramel notes. I get a lot of stone fruit from mm-hmm. this whiskey. Um, you yes. know, baked apricot things like that. Yep. Um, so it's definitely, like you said, very approachable, very easy drinking. I can see this being mixed um, you know, pretty easily um, in some, some whiskey cocktails. It's
2: pretty delicious yeah. in, um, mixed in cocktails. The yeah. favorite one I have to say that I've tried so far with this is um, it's equal parts. Um, oh, no, it's two to one. The wheat whiskey, um, Carpano Bianco, and just a pear liqueur. The pear just really is so bright, and it works so well with sure. this because it's so approachable.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm makes me thirsty <laughs> um i don't i obviously i'm not meant to have a favorite between the two and i don't but the wheat is my favorite oh <laughs> well, we won't tell anybody <laughs> yeah just yeah good let's keep that between ourselves mm-hmm. is that good are we using the same glass i'm, compa- I'm having side glass. by side <laughs> so this is the rye We're pouring now the straight rye um what were you going to I say was just that? gonna say for the at, uh, 90 proof this wheat whiskey is, is incredibly
0: yeah. incredibly soft incredibly and soft. smooth it's and subtle yeah like the finish is is really light and just like it, like I want I want
1: to drink another glass yeah. <laughs> yeah. and there's like there's zero heat it's just it's really delicious. Yeah, we spent a lot of like finding the proof was interesting. Actually, between the two, it was really interesting. We spent a lot of time. We found the range that we like blind tasting, of mm-hmm. course, and then, um, and then we honed that down to like, um, you know, forty five point one, forty five point two, forty five point three kind of thing, and but and below, um, mm-hmm. and came up with forty five for both of them. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, for the uh, wheat and the rye, we. Um, we barrel somewhere between 112 and 120, you know, okay. depending, um, and uh, and we find that you can get the kind of notes and the kind of flavors that we're after at about 45. Mm-hmm. I think um, it changes character, as you know, completely when you start going to cast strength or start going higher yeah. than that. But it works really, really well for this whiskey, and as you say. The wheat is very approachable in that way. So um, mm-hmm. for people that aren't used to drinking uh, their whiskey's neat, this is a really approachable yeah. presentation for it. Mm-hmm. Smooth wow. is an interesting word to me. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really... Do you know what I mean? Smooth, it's almost like if you add sweetness to something, that makes it smooth as well. It's really interesting, but it's not too sweet. The wheat. I mean, there is sweetness in there, but it's not. An interesting word to me. (laughs) So this is the
0: this is the straight rye. This
2: is the straight rye, and it's. It's a high rye, so it's about seventy percent rye, thirty percent malted barley. Barley, yeah. Some of the percentage of the rye is also is malted rye as well.
1: Mm -hmm. And this particular, so every time that we do a batch of. Um, a batch of whiskey. We start with a ton of grain. Mm-hmm. Th- that's our recipe, if you want pounds. it. <laughs> yeah. Just one batch. So a ton of Not grain. Literally, <laughs> ton, literally. <laughs> literally a ton of grain. Ton <laughs> of grain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah two thousand pounds on the on the head. So, um, yeah, we start with two thousand pounds of grain, water, and yeast. So if you want, that's the re- that's kind of the recipe. <laughs> right there there um, it is, folks. Go make your own. <laughs> <laughs> so the yield that we get from that is two and a bit barrels mm-hmm. i'm gonna say and so um when we put when we put them away so these um these bottles are uh the we write the barrel numbers on the side of the bottle so like this wheat is one batch but it's from two barrels mm-hmm. does that make sense so we put the yeah. two barrels together so we don't back blend uh, our product there is uniqueness to each one of the bends that comes out, but of course it's exactly the same process, and so it's the, it is a house house rye if you mm-hmm. sort of, you can't mistake it for a different rye um this uh so that 's the wheat came out of two barrels, but this rye was a, just came out of a single barrel at the time mm-hmm. um, We were using the other barrel for various things, and so that's a single expression out of a barrel I went. Uh, I went on a tour of a, of a distillery out in, or several distilleries out in Kentucky, but in one of them, the master distiller happened to be there and he was talking about his barrels and he said, big gruff dude, and he was like, each barrel is like a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've stolen that line. I use it all, <laughs> all the time. The time. <laughs> it's one of my friends stuck with me every time because it's true. Like Each barrel is identical in so many ways and yet so different. So different. And so, um, you can put exactly the same whiskey in a barrel side by side from the same, same age barrel, same age wood, all the rest of it. And it will come out and pull them out the same day and, uh, there'll be, there will be a difference there. So, um, we celebrate that difference. Mm-hmm. We think it's important to celebrate it. Absolutely. This rye is just where the wheat is very smooth and approachable this rye is a whole nother conversation it's an actual conversation like yeah. in that way it's really it just gets your attention and um, it's spicy and peppery in all the right ways if you're mm-hmm. into rye, and yeah. so it's not everyone's cup of tea as well Rye, right? you know because of that yeah, death. Yeah.
0: I tend to be the only person in my family who actually likes the rye checks Chex mix because <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that kind of peppery, bitey, spicy, you know, funkiness um, that that rye gives, and and as a result, I'm a a huge rye fan, as much as I'm a bourbon fan, Mm -hmm. a whiskey fan in general, Um, but I think that rye is something that really um, should be done well, because there's so many out there that aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, This is one of those that is is done exceptionally well. Um, It's Mm -hmm. soft and subtle, and, you know, your favorite word, smooth. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> but it still has that rye quality. It still has the pepper. It's got a little bit of, I don't know, um, baked apple. I guess maybe a little bit of that. Um, I definitely get some um, some coffee and tea notes in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really nice on the palate and, and really nice on the nose. Excellent. So I'd like to actually see. I'd love to see what it looks like in four years. Yeah. You know,
2: um, I think our next yeah. benchmark. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, we we definitely holding some rye back for that four year mark but um but also when ashby distills her whiskey she distills them knowing that they're going to come out of barrel in that two to three year mark mm-hmm. so they're very very clean you know like yeah uh, your heads and cuts tails uh, heads and tails cuts that you do um are uh, obviously it comes down to the distiller exactly what it is that they want to put in barrel but and the barrel is going to forgive you a lot of those cuts as well it's going to smooth out the exact edge there but there are some things that the barrel won't forgive you if you put if you harvest whiskey um, at the 2 year mark or 3 year mark or something like that and, uh, and that is if you have any any heads in there whatsoever it starts uh, it's, it's, it isn't enough time for all the heads to be extracted by the wood